The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. What is essential? If you were to take a moment to think about your life and to take stock of the things around you, what would make the cut? What is important to you? Would it be the things that make your life easier? An iPhone, a computer? I think we can all agree that those things go a long way in our busy world. But are they essential? Or what about the things that make your life a little nicer? A luxury car? A house on lakefront property? These are good things that God may bless you with, and it is good to enjoy them. But would you say that they're essential? What about the relationships in your life? What could be more precious than a child? More loving than a mother? What do you think? Whether we realize it or not, we all define the word essential differently. And finally, what may be important to me maybe isn't as important to you. So, what is essential? In our gospel reading for today, Jesus shows us that what he has to offer is something that is truly essential, and it's something for everyone. You see, the crowd thought they had it all figured out. They thought they knew what the essentials were because their last meal was one that they wouldn't soon forget. Their last meal had been served by Jesus to more than 5,000 people. They had seen what Jesus could do. They had seen him multiply the bread. They had seen the fish reach every person. They had seen him make so much out of so little. And so maybe we can cut the crowd a little slack because for the people in Jesus' day, bread was essential. Bread was something they simply couldn't do without. They lived in a land where grains comprised a large chunk of their diet. There's a reason Jesus told his disciples to pray for their daily bread And the crowd had seen what Jesus could do, and they put two and two together. If we follow this guy around, we'll get free meals for life. We won't have to work ever again. And so really, it's no wonder that the crowd was following Jesus. It's no wonder they wanted to make him their bread king. And maybe we can relate with the crowd a little bit. When I was a growing teenager, I was always hungry. My mom can attest to the fact that no matter how big the meal was, as soon as the dishes were cleared, I was bound to utter those fateful words, I'm still hungry. And just as a teenage boy is bound to be hungry again, we try and fill up on the things that this life has to offer. But before long, we get 
hungry, our stomach starts to growl. We try and fill up on possessions and successes, accomplishments, and they feel good, they taste good. But before too long, we're hungry. And Jesus knows that. He understands that the things of this life just can't sustain us. And so today he shows us that what he has will sustain us. He offers bread unlike any other because he knew how important bread was to them. He knew that the crowd worked hard. He knew that they slaved just to feed their families. And so he calls himself bread. He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. He presented himself as something so essential to their lives. But he was bread unlike any other, because the bread they were used to cost them something. They had to work for it. But there was nothing the people had to do to partake of the bread Jesus was talking about. All they had to do was believe. Only they didn't. They understood Jesus' power. They had tasted his power. But they just had one problem. They weren't quite so sure that Jesus was who he said he was. Isn't that Joseph's boy? That's Mary's son. We know him. How can he say, I am the living bread that came down from heaven? What does he mean? And Jesus gets right to the point. Stop grumbling among yourselves. Don't you see that you are chasing after things you can't sustain yourself with? Don't chase after these things that spoil. I am the one thing that you need because I am bread unlike any other. And do you ever find yourself among the crowd? We get busy looking for bread and not just food. We fall for non-essentials and they could be outwardly good things. It could be the group of friends that you've always relied on for sound advice. It could be the job that you sink yourself into just to pay for the tuition bills. Maybe it's that vacation overseas that you've been planning for months. And these things seem to promise happiness and fulfillment that will last. Sometimes these things look like essentials. Sometimes they look downright delicious. And sometimes they smell so sweet. They beckon us to come closer. And the devil knows that. He's known it for a long time. He knows the power of persuasion when we're hungry. It's what he did back in the garden. All he had to do was point out the features of the fruit to Adam and Eve. Doesn't it look tasty? Go ahead. Just one bite. You won't regret it. But he knew as soon as they would take a bite how bitter it would taste. Instead of being fulfilled 
they would feel so empty knowing they had sinned against God. And they fell for it. And dear friends, don't we fall for it? So often Satan comes to us and he makes the non-essentials look so essential. He makes them smell so sweet. It's as if we take last year's leftovers over this year's Thanksgiving meal because that's what the devil is good at. And our reading from Proverbs tells us it's not wise to eat meals like this. Instead, we should eat a balanced meal, something that will sustain us. But we get distracted. Sometimes people don't intentionally choose the wrong thing. Just as the Apostle Paul said in his letter to Corinth, sometimes they choose the wrong things because they don't understand. The world doesn't understand Jesus' message. Just as the crowd couldn't understand who Jesus was. The message of Jesus is foolishness to us without the Spirit's revelation. And so we get distracted. We get caught up chasing bread. But Jesus wants the Jews to understand that his bread, his sustenance, is superior. And so he uses a picture that they know well. He points to Moses. Moses was a hero of the people. Moses was this legendary leader who led the children of Israel, God's people. He led them in the desert for years and years, and he fed them with bread that came right out of heaven. Surely Moses' bread is better than anything that Jesus has to offer. That's what the crowd thought. But Jesus pointed out, one small detail. He said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. They ate physical bread, and they passed away. And that's all the things in this world have to offer. They can't preserve you after you die. And that's why Jesus is bread that is better. That's why he is essential. Jesus offers the sustenance that our souls need as we live our day-to-day lives. Jesus is the balm that heals us when we sink our teeth into things that only bite us back. Jesus is here in, in the Word, and he offers us words of comfort every week when we gather here. He is here in the bread and the wine, where he offers lasting forgiveness. Jesus is our only way to salvation. He's not just one ingredient. He's the whole recipe to salvation. And he will not turn anyone away. When the crowd came looking for their daily bread, Jesus redirected them to something better. He took the time to correct them. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And dear friends, 
that offer still stands because Jesus will not turn anyone away. He can make that offer because of what he did. Jesus didn't turn away from his task. He didn't turn away even when it required becoming a man himself where he could experience hunger and he felt pain. He didn't turn away from keeping God's demands perfectly for us. He didn't turn away from his path even when he saw the cross at the end of it. And his Holy Spirit draws us in The crowd didn't understand on their own, and we wouldn't either if it weren't for his Holy Spirit who reveals what Jesus has done to us. He keeps us in the faith, and he preserves us. And why does God do all these things for you? Because the thing is, God considers you to be essential. He sent his Son for you. He sends his spirit to you. It doesn't matter what you've been choosing or chasing. God offers it all freely. So what does it mean that Jesus is your bread? He helps you daily. He gives you the nice things in this life. He gives you the things that make life easier. But more importantly, He gives you the bread that will preserve you forever. He invites us to a great banquet hall where everything has been made ready for us. You don't have to do a single thing on your own. He will never turn anyone away, and he is essential. Do you know the feeling when you're at a restaurant and suddenly the waiter appears at your elbow He asks you what you want to eat. You have no idea. And it can be an uncomfortable situation. But in that moment, it's not a bad idea to ask the waiter for a recommendation because he knows what's best. Dear friends, in the same way, take Jesus at his word. He knows what's best, and he's made the recommendation bread. The bread of life. It's bread unlike any other. Amen.